Welcome to 7-Minute Torah. I'm Rabbi Micah Streifer. In this podcast, we explore the weekly Torah portion in about 7 to 10 minutes. We make modern meaning out of ancient texts, exploring them through liberal Jewish eyes. Sometimes it's just me, and other weeks I'm in conversation with another rabbi or a Jewish thought leader. Welcome, everybody. I'm recording this podcast from Jerusalem. This week I have the honor and the privilege to attend the annual convention of the Central Conference of American Rabbis, which is the North American Reform Rabbis Association. Every seven years, the conference is held in Israel, and so here I am. It's actually been seven years since I was here, although the last time around it wasn't for the CCAR convention, it was for a personal trip. Now, I have a lot of strong feelings, a lot of complicated feelings about Israel, like I'm sure many of you do as well. I feel excitement about being here. I feel really deeply moved being in a place where I'm surrounded by Hebrew language, by Jewish culture, by Jewish people. I feel anger and sadness about the actions of the current government, about the ongoing occupation of Palestinians about the ways that I worry that those policies are a threat to Israel's Jewish character and to its soul. I feel wonder at the sheer breadth of people who love this place, who call it home, and and who show their love for it through a whole variety of diverse beliefs and actions and rituals. And maybe most of all, I feel a deep sense of being at home. And all of those feelings came up for me yesterday as I was walking around the old city and I approached the Western Wall. I want to tell you about it, but let me tell you first about this week's Parsha. We're reading Truma. Truma begins at Exodus chapter 25, 1 and ends at 27, 19. And it consists mostly of instructions for building the Mishkan, instructions for building the, the sanctuary or the tabernacle in the desert. And it starts like this. It says, God spoke to Moses saying, Tell the Israelite people to bring me gifts or donations. The Hebrew word there, truma, actually comes from a root that means to lift up. So these are elevations or donations that the people are supposed to bring in order to build the tabernacle. And then it goes through a whole list of the things that they're supposed to bring. Gold, silver, copper, blue, purple and crimson yarns, various kinds of linen and hairs and skins and oil and spices. And then it says, Make me a sanctuary, says God, so that I may dwell among them. And then the whole rest of the Parsha, almost three chapters worth, gives detailed instructions on how to build this sanctuary. How do you build the outer covering and the inner structure and the curtain and the Holy of Holies and the screens and the wood and the skins? That It's such incredible detail. And what they're describing here is, of course, the creation of a temple. This isn't called the temple. This isn't the temple in Jerusalem per se, but it is a portable version 
of that temple. And it's meant to mimic, it's meant to call to mind the temple that would ultimately be built in Jerusalem, where there would be sacrifices performed and where people would come in order to bring their offerings and to connect with God. So in many ways, this is the Parsha about the creation of holy space, and in particular, the creation of the holy space, the place where we as a people come together to connect with God. And that, of course, is the temple in Jerusalem, which today is the site of the Western Wall and the Dome of the Rock. Now, one of the criticisms, one of the areas of disconnect that liberal Jews sometimes feel with our tradition is this idea of a temple, a place where animal sacrifices were performed, a place where God was understood to dwell. And that's what we see in this Parsha. But there's an interesting point to be made when we look, especially at verse 8. That's the verse that I just read in Hebrew. Ve'asuli mikdash, it says, make me a mikdash, a sanctuary. Ve'shachanti betocham, so that I may dwell among them. Now, we might have thought that God lives in the building. We might have thought that we're building a sanctuary so that God could live or dwell in it. But that's not what the verse says. The verse actually says, make me a sanctuary so that I can dwell among them, among or between the people. And that's a very different message. That's a message that says God is not in a particular place. God's not in this building because you put a holy of holies there. God is, as it's been said before, in the space between people. God is in relationships. God is in rituals. God is in the world ready for us to find when we perform holy actions. That's hinted at right here in the Parsha, in the passage that we just read. And the rabbis explore this idea in the Talmud. There is a very famous passage from Tractate Brachot, page 6a, where it asks the question, essentially, of why do we need a minion? Why do you need 10 people to pray? It says, from where is it derived that 10 people who pray, the divine presence is with them? And it answers with the words of Psalm 82. Elohim nitzav ba'dat el. God stands in the community of God. In other words, God is found in a place where people come together to pray. That brings God's presence into the world. And this passage from the Talmud goes on to ask similar questions about a group of three people who come together or a group of two people who study together. So it's a very old idea in Judaism that God is found in holy actions. God is found in the, the, the spaces between us and the ways that we strive to bring holiness into the world. Now let me tell you about my day at the Kotel yesterday, my day at the Western Wall. I have a lot of mixed feelings about the Western Wall. It used to be that I'd go there and I would feel the holiness of the place, or at the very least, the antiquity of the place, the sense that my own ancestors also cared about this place. And that's still true to some extent, but I also, I have a hard time going to the Western Wall and not seeing the separation of men and women into two different sections, the hegemony of the ultra-Orthodox, the exclusion of Jews who pray and think differently, including praying and thinking like I do. But yesterday, a friend and colleague of mine was officiating a bar mitzvah at what's called Azarat Yisrael, which is the egalitarian section of the Western Wall. And so I went and sat there and watched as this young boy became a bar mitzvah in the midst of his family and friends in the shadow of this very ancient place. And 
as I started to look around and listen, I noticed how many different kinds of sounds, of human sounds, human religious sounds there were. So there was a call of a muezzin, a call of a Muslim prayer caller coming from the mosque on top of the, of the mount. There was the sound of a Jewish group singing and clapping. I couldn't hear exactly what they were singing, but it was really celebratory. Over on the other side, over at the, the men's section, the separate sections of the Western Wall. And then in this little group, they were singing Adon Olam joyously, and this boy reading Torah actually in a Yemenite trope. And I was struck by this idea of Shachanti Betocham, that God dwells in these holy actions and in this diverse variety of holy actions. I think we spend a lot of time fighting over holy spaces. Does the Temple Mount belong to Jews or Muslims? Does the Western Wall belong to the Orthodox or the non-Orthodox or the Jewish people or the Israelis? It's easy to fight over it. But if we really read this week's Parsha, we'll see that it's not the building that matters at all. It's the space between people. I think that yesterday, at least for me, God was found in the sounds, the diverse sounds of all these people celebrating and praying in different ways at the same time. Now, I don't know if there's a personal God out there who has a will and wants things from us, but if there is, then I know that what God wants of us is to be able to share that space. Because it's not the place that matters. The place matters for a lot of historical and national and peoplehood reasons. But what really matters is our ability to bring holiness, to bring godliness into the world. Build me a sanctuary that I may dwell among you. The sanctuary is built And we all agree there's something special about that place. But when we can learn to understand why it's special for other people, when we can learn to share it with others, when we can learn to recognize that there can be different paths, different routes to that life of holiness, then we will really be bringing God to dwell among us. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week. Before we go, I want to tell you about two new classes that I'm offering starting in March through La Asok. First of all, I'm going to be running a Pirkei Avot study group. Pirkei Avot is the Talmud's tractate of ethical rabbinic sayings. And we're going to come together on Monday afternoons at 3 o'clock Eastern time, starting on March 20th. Uh, for about six weeks, to really dig into those teachings and talk about what they mean for our own lives. Secondly, starting about a week earlier, Tuesday afternoons, March 14th, and for four weeks, I'm going to be re-offering my four-week class on radical Jewish views of God. This is where we look at those thinkers who have said kind of outside or controversial things about God. Uh, if you want to join us for either of those classes, please go to laasok.org, L-A-A-S-O-K.org, and you can get more information and register there. 7-Minute Torah is a production of Laasok, Sacred Texts, Modern Meaning. If you enjoy this program, please consider becoming a sponsor at patreon.com slash 7-Minute Torah. For more information about upcoming learning opportunities, go to laasoka.org, L-A-A-S-O-K dot org. I'm Rabbi Micah Streifer. Thanks for listening.